All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we are coming to you with another Torah portion. And what week is this, Jake? This is a double portion, as you can see by the uh, signage at the bottom of the screen there. It is weeks 42 and 43, right? That's right. And so it's a double portion. And Jake, uh, what do they need to do if they're looking for more portion information? So you can find all the portion information that your heart can desire at sabbathlounge.com and click on the tab, uh, discreetly labeled Torah portions. So, <laughs> And then just find the corresponding week and uh, you will find a little video. Yep, a cartoon. Uh-huh, a cartoon courtesy of Joshua Myers and Torah in 60 Seconds. That's right. And uh, scripture is all there at your fingertips. And we just encourage you to check it out. If you need something for your group, it's a free resource. And um, we provide that for you. And uh, you just have to click and get there. So once again, Jake, Jake, are we going to describe what we do in these Torah portions? So here we try to do just a high level, hit the high notes and go through and tell you some of the highlights that we pick out from when we read it. You know, some of the things that stuck out to us. Uh, but the point is to encourage you to go read it yourself. Yeah, we're assuming you've read it or right. you are going to read it. Right. And uh, and so we don't claim to be experts or know everything. Clearly, if you've listened to us, you know that we don't know everything. Yeah. And we obviously can't cover everything in the portions in whatever our yeah. video is, half hour to an hour or whatever. Yeah. So... Um, and if you're just stumbling onto this for the first time, we have interviews and all kinds of things that right. we've done. Some apologetic stuff, some different teaching series, different topics. Topical interests. Explored. Yep. Yep. And if you Google Sabbath Lounge, you'll find out more information. Well, we need to get right into it. So this is Numbers 30. We're coming to the end of Numbers. Correct. And so... And the, one of the first things we see here is this concept about vows, and a man's word is everything, Jake. That's right. That's what my dad if said. If I don't have my handshake. word, what do I have? That's right. So a man's word can override the vow of a woman that's under his care. That could be his what? His wife or his daughter. Yep. And if a man is silence, is that the same as his approval? Uh that is kind of what we learn here. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's that idea of not to speak is to speak, right? Mm -hmm. The Bonhoeffer mm -hmm. quote. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, but uh, but he does have power there, and if he just sits and does nothing, then it happens. Yep. But he can intervene and go. Wait a minute, we can't do that. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, at the time of the hearing is when he has the option. Yeah, yeah. It's not uh, like uh, the statute of limitations is not like. Three years after you say it, yeah. you can go back and change it. <laughs> so it's immediate. Right. Which is wise because you couldn't go back and figure all that out anyway. Right. So. Oh, one thing I need to say. I, okay. We always got to tell them what the Torah portion means. This is Matot and Messi. Messi? Masai? Messi? It's, you can read it. Messi. <laughs> tribes and journeys. There you go. So, tribes and journeys is the uh, the English on it. So, we just go. talked about we that. We talked about that. Yeah. So, vows cannot be broken. Why is that, Jake? I think our next slide will tell everybody why that is. It's because 
that's what a vow is. So when Yod said, hey, this is when you make a vow, you can't break it because that's what a vow is. He's describing the definition of a vow. So when we make a vow, we're imitating Yahweh, just like all the other commandments. It's, it's an imitation of him because it's designed out of his character. And he doesn't allow us to break our vows because he will not break his vows. Mm. Well, and as I've heard you say, Jake, words mean things. That's that's kind of a, an important point there. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yep. Well, that's good. That's good. So, um, and he's not going to break his vow. And um, that's, that's the goal for us, too. We should be like him. Right. And uh, that should be encouraging that when he says he'll do something, he'll do it. Yeah. Well, and also, it also kind of points to the things we've heard and the things we've taught our children about your, you know, about your words and about don't tell someone you're going to do something and you don't do it. You might as well don't say it at all. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and that, that wisdom that your parents may have told you, your grandpa, your dad, somebody in your family, uh, this is where it came from. It wasn't just them making it up. So, yep. and there's a lot of people that, you know, try to live by this and they don't even know that they're fulfilling this. Yeah. But, uh, but there's, there's a lot of people that, um, still hold this to be true. And the whole adage about the handshake, uh, is it's the same kind of thing. So it's like when you say, when you shake someone's hand and say, yep, we're going to do this. That's it's a, a done vow. deal. That's a vow. You can't break. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. All right, in chapter 31, we see Midian, who was a descendant from Abraham and Keturah. We had to look this up, but if you go look at Genesis 25, 1 through 2, you'll see it. Yep, it spells it right out. So this is a war against Midian for seducing them into idolatry. So this is like payback. So recently we saw that where the pretty girls came and um, seduced the young men uh, connected to Balaam. Right. And then uh, this is comes from that idea that Yahweh is, when he pulls them out of Egypt, he's bringing an army out. And uh, it's, it's tied to uh, Yahweh wields the axe. And in this case, Israel's going to be the axe to bring judgment on Midian. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. And then you see this command about burn all the cities and kill the males. Right, and then so they get back, and Moses is mad. Why, why do you think that is? Well, they didn't follow, sh- shocker, they <laughs> didn't follow everything that they were supposed to do. Right. So they they uh, kind of, they, they pick, they, could you say they cherry-picked, they picked and chose what they wanted to do, or what was lucrative, or the things that they... Um, you know, they kind of just picked what they wanted to do. Yeah, they kind of put their own spin on it. You might uh, look at it similar to uh, the Garden of Eden when uh, they heard what Yahweh said and then they in- interpreted what he said mm-hmm. and gave a different interpretation than what he commanded. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. that kind of deal. So, uh, and as you point out here, Matt, Gideon is going to finish off the Midianites in. Uh, with his 300 people. Not only does he finish him off, but this is like a total slap in the face by Yah going, I only need 300 people to kill off thousands. Right. Not a problem, Gideon. We got this. 
Yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool story. You probably know it. If you don't know it, share that with your children. Make sure they know that story. Yeah. They got to know that one. It's in Judges chapter 7. All right. So Moses is in the same situation as Samuel and Saul. Surely Yahweh prefers obedience to sacrifice. So what do you mean about this situation, Jacob? So this is, uh, people may remember when Saul is supposed to go destroy the city. He comes back and he's got all kinds of, uh, well, Samuel says, hey, uh, Saul, I thought you were supposed to go destroy everything. And then he says, uh, it seems like he says, is that the sound of (laughs) sheep I hear in my ear? That's right. And he goes, uh, he says exactly this. Surely Yahweh prefers obedience to sacrifice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a very important concept to this preferring obedience to sacrifice. And, and one of the things when I came into Torah was that, um, we, we, I was leaning too much on the sacrifice. Yes, the sacrifice is necessary and, uh, you know, amazing and required, but he doesn't want us to just keep going back to, well, I got the sacrifice. I've got the sacrifice. He would prefer we just be obedient and not need to continually have that sacrifice. Yeah, he doesn't it's want that, us to rely on that. And that with Yeshua, he says, I did this once. Once, right. Just like uh, when Moses hits the rock. Mm-hmm. It's, no, nope, you already... You already smote the rock. Now we're talking to the rock. Hmm. All right. So you've got Balaam and multiple kings are killed. Moses is aware of the schemes of Balaam and five kings are killed. So, you know, we don't often think of Moses as being a warrior, but uh, here he definitely was. Yeah. And uh, this was kind of tied to a couple slides back. Matt mentioned uh, Balaam and that was kind of how this stuff got started. And uh, Balaam brought in this idea of how the Israelites could defile themselves and bring the curse from Yah. It was it's a form of lawlessness. Yeah, and we talk about that in a episode called "What Does Yeshua Hate?" That's right, and it's about Part the Nicolaitans. And, mm-hmm. and it's uh, that same concept of lawlessness. Yeah, antinomianism. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you see a great wealth transfer, foreshadowing of what is to come. What is to come, Jake? A great wealth transfer. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, you know, you can study that out, and it could mean lots of things, but, uh, you know, it is, you know, there is some reference in Revelation that uh, there's a wealth transfer that can happen. Yeah, and this kind of ties into the idea of, you know, prophecy and that kind of thing being a, and, you know, biblical stories, historical uh, accounts being this did happen, it is happening, and it will happen, right? The Israelites in coming out of Egypt, there was a great wealth transfer. And then now coming into the promised land, you're going to see it again. Yeah, yeah. So sins are carried and objects must go through the fire and be washed with water. So, um, so you get this concept of, you know, being baptized and washed through the fire, right? The purification efforts. So this was in relation to, um, when they ransacked the Midianites, 
right? Mm-hmm. And they took their belongings. They you couldn't to, just bring it back to your house. Right. They, they, there was a procedure. They had to purify it in the fire or wash it with the water, depending on what it was. And so that kind of carries through this idea. And, uh, you know, when you're little, uh, I kind of thought, you know, oh, that's weird that you would think that evil is carried within an object and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But that concept is in here. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's in the scripture. Yeah, something to it. Yahweh's portion is called a tribute, or also taxes. So compare that to what's said in Romans thirteen. Yep. So here he's talking about giving portions, things like that. And one of the words there is tribute, and it could also be uh, translated as taxes if you look into it. Um, and then. Because a lot of people will look at Romans 13 and say, well, it's talking about, you know, paying taxes to this government, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, those are like, you would call it a temple tax, basically. So I think we have a video on that, or if we not, discuss we will it. put one up yeah, about we'll... um, what Romans 13 is actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure during a certain worldwide event, we did talk about this. Yeah. But I have no idea what that is called. But we did. <laughs> Maybe we we, uh, we can talk about it again. It might just be called Romans thirteen. Maybe, <laughs> but the but yeah, that's a good point. A lot of people take that Romans thirteen and go, "Look, we've got to obey the government." Well, then explain to me, Rahab, the midwives in Egypt. You know, there's several people in the biblical the, how story. How about the person writing Romans thirteen? And how he was put in prison. Yeah. <laughs> he would get in prison for uh, just doing whatever the government tells you to do. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't get put in prison for compliance Yeah, typically. So definitely something to study out if you've never looked at it. Um, take, a, you know, take a look at it. Think about it. So, Jake? Reuben and Gad, they don't want to go. Oh, yeah. They don't want to go into the promised land. They like For whatever that. reason, they're like, hey, we like it over here. This stuff's good over here. We, we want this. Right. And then uh, Matt's good about pointing this out because technically it's inside the land grant of Abraham um, because it's east of the Jordan. And that was always odd, too. We'll see that a little later. But but I think it's one of those things where everybody, everybody knew that, you know, this land was great. It's like... You know, you could settle on the coast of California because this land, similar climate, you know, it's kind of a similar climate to, say, San Diego, L.A., somewhere in that area, and especially the coastal part of it. And you basically, and if you've ever been in the desert of California, like towards uh, Death Valley or the Mojave Desert, you know, there's nothing there. And so basically they're coming along and they're like, hey, we like this nothing over here <laughs> and Moses is kind of like uh, okay <laughs> and uh, you know um, yeah it is one of those things where it's like that's that's what you picked okay so I think um, as they're getting closer to the promised land I, I bet the land's getting more and more fertile yeah so probably just on the other side of that I think it talks about it in uh in there too, when they're deciding to take this land, they're like, this looks good for our animals. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
But they did have a requirement, and what they have to do? They had to help out the other tribes to take the land because uh, there was some issues previously, I think. Yeah. So Moses compares Reuben and Gad to their parents, which I'm sure they probably didn't like that. Because they're all dead. Yeah, for a reason, (laughs) because they were sinful, and warns them about stirring up Yahweh's wrath. Remember what happened to your mom and dad? Yeah, when they didn't want to go take the land with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's kind of where that's coming from. Um, But, you know, they're like, no, no, we'll come in and fight with you, and then we'll just come back. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We learned. Yeah. So we shall see. All right, so there's this interesting uh, website. If you so, this all will be available on our website. This will be in a PDF, and you can click, you can download it, you can look at this information, and even on the PDF, you can click on this link, and it will take you to. Uh, this wasn't an original thought that we had, but um, there's a document uh, online that we found where somebody had broken down T H I E R. Um, sorry, they've broken down um, these, uh, you know, the 42 stops, basically. It's like 42 stations of Exodus is related to the 42 months found in Revelation. Right. So this is tied to uh, the, the stops that they, that they name in the, in the travel through the wilderness. There's 42 of those, those places. Jake, that's driving me crazy. Yeah. It's the other one, too. No, that's not oh. your problem. That's not your problem. <laughs> you fix it. There you go. Wait, wait. We're not done yet. All right. Journey. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Our spell checker was broken on this episode, apparently. Yeah. So, spell checker was asleep at the wheel. So, much yeah, better. Perfect. Uh, much better. Okay, so wait, go back one because okay. that's a. I think that that's a good point, and we didn't really bring it up. So their journey starts just like ours. They're led out of the sun worshiping Egypt, and then uh, how do they how do they leave that and go into Babylon? Well, they uh, you know they cross over um, with the with. Um, the sea, the Red sea and uh, yeah. basically that's kind of like being baptized and so they do leave egypt but then through their own desires and their own wants they kind of fall back into a type of babylon and so they kind of go they they clearly go from uh, egypt to you could argue back into babylon and then back into the promised land right which is exactly kind of the pattern that happens later yes so pretty interesting. And then Revelation, uh, Re- Revelation 21 uh, talks about, uh, we're not going to read this whole thing, but um, it talks about the woman going to the desert and she's got a place prepared to be nourished there for 1,260 days, right. which is what? So that 40 is 42 months. months. Right. Like so the this 42 is, stations. Yes. This is Revelation 12, not 21. Yeah, Revelation 12. And you can click that link, and there's more detail about that, how right. it ties into it. So, and then also, we found this to be nifty, and 
this is the 42 stations here on the left in purple. So these are all the places they went, Jake. Yes. It's- and then like the names are in gray in the second column. And then the third one is kind of like a synopsis of it. And then the fourth one is a scripture that elaborates more on it. Right. So <clears throat> if you're just listening to the audio, this will not that will not be helpful to you. <laughs> so you have to go to Sabbath Lounge and pull up the PowerPoint and then you can look at this also. Um, but why don't why don't you pull a couple of these out and we'll kind of get the idea of So, you know, the easy one is Sukkot, mm-hmm. Booths, following Yah's lead. And then it takes you right to the Revelation scripture that we just read. Yeah. Nourished nourished in the wilderness. And uh, Mariah, there are the bitter, the bitter waters, the bitter complaints, you know, so they come out and com- complain. And um, I, I know I've heard that in a song. Is it in one of the songs in the Bible where they talk about that, where people complain? I think that somebody yeah. has that. And the words that right. they is a reminder, but this kind of goes on and on, and it's kind of an in uh, kind of a detailed study, so that's why we're not going to go through it. Sinai uh, is thorn, um, so one year as the Torah is given. So basically, they have a one year honeymoon uh, before they prepare to, um, to to go to to war, and um, they're clearly not ready, right. But uh, the line I like there is that Torah pricks our hearts like a thorn. Yep. And then what else here? So this, how would you say that, Jake? Haradah. Fear or trembling, salvation, and uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling in Philippians 2.12. So I think the reason I started looking at these stations is because I think you can make an argument that in our life and our journey through uh, our our, uh, Torah walk, we go through these stations. You know, our own, everyone's lives, lives can be kind of seen through this lens. Yeah, and I think it's a... uh... Uh, kind of a a rendition of the gospel too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, you've heard of stations of the cross. People have kind of ran with that and gone crazy. Well, this is something that literally is in the text, and uh, he laid out specifically. And just like we talked about, names of things mean something, and um, there's definitely a correl- correlation. And it's worth studying and worth looking at if you're interested i would check out that link and check this out this came from that link it wasn't original to us but yep um let's see there's one that is uh salmona which is shady and this is in the shadow of aaron's death so this is when they come to this place this is where aaron's buried essentially Mm-hmm. Right. And then we got that tied to Psalms 23, 4. When I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, basically. So, um, yeah, all this kind of ties into where they were at the time. And it has specific meaning. The places have specific meaning. Now, they didn't just stop. You know, some people will think, well, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. They only went to 42 places. So the, you know, the, the, 
pillar of fire and cloud didn't move but once a year basically but they've been in several places around these main areas yeah yeah so yeah very good so um we won't go through uh, any more of those well you could do that one no, both water skins water bottles we are vessels of his living water i really liked that one so but i mean you can just look at these place names that you probably have just read right over and in fact you probably have been like uh oh both you know trying to pronounce <laughs> them and uh, especially your younger self uh, before you came into torah that would be a part you probably just would have skipped over and and i can remember saying that to someone especially new to the faith i'm like eh, just skip over that part <laughs> just you don't have to read all that yeah, it gets kind of dry. But once yeah. you find out, oh, wait, these names of these places have meaning. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, that's interesting now. Mm -hmm. And it's lost on us because of our English. But they knew what these places mean. So right. it'd be like if you're in Texas and, you know, um, a lot of things in Texas, well, all through the Southwest have Spanish names. And if you know a little bit of Spanish, then you understand why this place or you know why the river was called the brazos you know because it has lots of arms it's an arm um you know but but if you don't have that context you're just like okay brazos right you know it does it just doesn't mean anything but when you you know when you have the words but the meaning behind it then it, you get it yeah that's why like, this uh, is la casa it's yeah. the casa yeah so mm -hmm. makes well, more sense yeah <laughs> so the, the, he's about to part partition out the land for the tribes, including the directions for the Levites. Cities of refuge are established, and we're reminded that the Avenger of Blood has authority to slay the murderer. Yeah, this is always an interesting concept to me, the, that whole idea of the Avenger of Blood. Like, it's prescribed to... <laughs> the guy has the authority to seek vengeance. Yeah for the murder and if of you can't someone run in past, his family. You're toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that guy doesn't get punished for avenging. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. that's interesting to me. But yeah, yeah. and then uh, the Levites are, uh, you'll kind of see this in Genesis 49 when the, uh, when the prophecy for each of the 12 tribes is given, uh, the Levites are told that they'll be scattered among the, the other tribes uh this is a version of that um uh and we see that several times actually throughout scripture so yep very good and i think that brings us about to the end so yeah. uh tribes and journeys we forgot to put week 42 43 on here but uh, that's where we are and uh what else you got jake um i think that's it i think we covered a lot in this one so that's Matote and Massey, Tribes and Journeys, Once numbers again, 30 through 36. Double portion. That's right. Double your fun. Double the fun. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking a minute to be with us on Sabbath Lounge. We appreciate if you like, comment, share, subscribe, put a little something in the comments to let us know that you actually listen to this, like maybe the names of one of the places or something. Yes or a sheep, or a ram's horn, or something. Just we, let us know you're out there. We do appreciate the people who diligently do leave us comments, and we thank you very much for that. And just um, pray that you're blessed because of this, and we pray that uh, that um, 
that Yah finds you in a good place and that you pursue his word and Yah more than you pursue the things of the world. Right. And this is Matt and Jake signing out. Thank <laughs> you.